What's up, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Comics in Reverse. My name is Dalton Wires, continuing our walkthrough of The Last of Us. And once again, Thomas is joining me. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How's it going? Well, you know, ready for this three-day weekend we got coming up with Memorial Day. Amen. Even though it's going to rain the whole time. Yeah, well, that's probably good because I'm pretty sure that after doing these recordings, I'm going to be dehydrated. So. Well, there you go. Just step outside. Yep. Look up. Are like you crying? Sponge. No, it's raining. <laughs> Your face is red. It's hard rain. Honestly, I wouldn't believe you because we're about to go through some pretty intense stuff. Yes. Yes, we are. So in the last podcast, I said that we were going to do 12 episodes. Well, scratch that because I don't I don't know if we had a release date for the part two last time we recorded. I'm not sure. But now we do. It's June 19th. Which, looking at my phone, is 29 days, 3 hours, and 1,400 seconds from now. I cannot wait. I've got vacation days in to play it. We've decided to break it down into 6 episodes instead of 12, so what we're going to do is we're going to do the prologue, which you listened to last week. This week, we're taking in, we're jumping into the first season, which is summer, and then honestly, we'll, we'll roll through chronologically, we'll go to fall, then winter, and then spring. And then we'll talk about the epilogue and what we're looking forward to in episode two that's going to be coming out. So I think with this timeline that we're on right now that our last episode will drop the day that the episode two releases. If my math was correct. Hmm. So that'll be cool. It will be cool. And then we'll probably wait. I don't know how long it'll take me to beat it, but I know it'll take you longer because you're not taking vacation. Nope. No, I gotta. As much as I want to, gotta save those uh, vacation days for the brain scans. So Tom's got some actual cordyceps in his brain. Oh shit! <laughs> All right. So we met uh, Joel in the previous one. We met Tommy in the previous one, and we met Sarah, who is not going to be with us going forward, unfortunately. <sighs> okay, good. So we're cutting. 20 years into the future so the breakout was in September of 2013 and now we're in the summer of 2033 so Joel is now a smuggler in post-apocalyptic Boston and he's got a partner who is a brand new character for us we haven't met her yet her name is Tess and the actress who plays Tess is really cool her name is Annie Wershing and she does an amazing job oh yeah yeah, and I love how they break away into this segment because, you know, it it has the, um, when they fade to black with Joel holding Sarah and the horrible prologue, uh, they break into the new segments and they talk about the cordyceps and how the virus is taking hold and, you know, how there's mass graves and this post-apocalyptic wasteland and you hear Marlene's voice and we'll talk about her later, uh, you know, believe in the fireflies and then it's black and then you see Joel wake up in this dark room and he's much older he's got gray hair uh, not that gray hair means you're old okay but <laughs> he's got some gray hair he's got a little gray in his beard and he looks a little bit more ragged and uh, the uh, caption comes up 20 years later I remember the first time I saw that I was like holy crap because you know I, I didn't know playing this game uh, the first time I didn't know that it was going to be that far I thought you know maybe one or two days or months 
you know, 28 days right. later kind of thing. So, I mean, what did you think when you first saw that? I was surprised too. 20 years is a big jump, um, especially for something that's supposed to be set, um, you know, it, it was, whenever it was released in 2013, that was present day. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're in the future now. And, you know, it's weird. It seems weird playing in a future timeline when there's not like a bunch of tech and stuff, but obviously it's post-apocalyptic. So, you know, it was it was a little strange at first, but you don't really, it doesn't really feel like they really jumped that far um, in terms of like uh, things around you. It's kind of hard to explain what I'm trying to say here. I'm terrible at this. No, honestly, I mean, when you get when you get to play it, it's more realistic because you're like, okay, you know what? I could see this. And, yeah, it's uh, almost like the prologue was 20 years ago, and now we're in the present time. Exactly, and yeah, it's just it's incredible uh, the senior that we're going to see later and everything. But we don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead. So uh, you want me to keep going? Yeah, go for it. So after coming back uh, with the deal from another client, uh, Tess comes in, explains to Joel that she was uh, jumped on the way back uh, from a deal with two men. Uh, they have a little interaction, and I actually thought this was pretty cool. Um, Joel's like, you know, why didn't you, you know, you wait for me? Why did you go alone? And Tess like, well, you said you wanted to be alone. And you think back to the fact that this is the 20-year anniversary since his daughter died. So he probably had a pretty rough night the night before. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, the wash that she got him in the prologue is now broken. But they don't really ever show that in the prologue. Uh, but it is. That bro- happens in a in a cutscene. It's it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. Um. So. Uh, I love how um, she after she's talking about that she got jumped. He's like, "Are those two guys still with us?" And she's like, huh, "That's funny." Yep. There you go. And uh, she says, you know, it's, it's that's not important. What's important is that Robert sent them. And that's the first time you hear this guy's name. Uh, Robert is a local arms dealer. And apparently, uh, Tess and Joel, and Joel, sorry, Joel. What in the world? Why? What are you doing? I had a boss named Joel. Oh. Uh. And I hated his guts. <laughs> so. I, I, uh, so anyway, apparently Tess and Joel, uh, they were kind of crouching upon his territory, trying to move stuff, trying to maybe take over his business. And Robert got wind of it. And, uh, Robert had stolen, uh, guns from them. And so something went down. He almost killed Tess. And then he sent some people to kill her. And, so now they're in a little war. So uh, they go out to find him. Uh, going through the facility? I don't know what you would call that. It's, it's a quarantine like zone. A, yeah, Quarant- it's a QZ. Yeah, it's a quarantine zone, yeah. And it's in Boston. Now, given that he started in Texas, from what you can tell from his accent and where he was located, now he's all of a sudden he's in Boston, Massachusetts. And... It's been 20 years, and they really do a very nice job of walking you through there. You can't run through it. You got to just walk through, and you get to see all things going down. You get to pe- see people trading things with ration cards. That's the new currency. You know, dollar mm-hmm. bills don't affect anymore. Uh, you get to see, uh, you know, a, a bombing go down from the fireflies. You learn that the fireflies are kind of this resistance. 
and there is a part where you actually have to uh, go through this uh, area because once the bombing happens you can't use the regular gate like you would normally use because you have to have passes to go out during the day and there's curfews and things like that it's pretty much martial law there's yeah you know but uh, the I love that they introduce the cordyceps virus this way you go into this place where there are spores and you take out these gas masks now apparently you've got these in your backpack because this happens all the time and um, you, they introduce what's really dangerous about them by you come up on a guy who's got his uh, oh what do you call it the the thing in the gas mask the uh, respirator no the the filter um, on it yeah something like that yeah it's been damaged and he's breathed in the spores and so he begs you to kill him and you get to make that choice whether you want to end his life or if you just want to leave him be and conserve ammo and it's really important to note that in this game especially if you're playing like on grounded you know the hardcore stuff you don't have much ammo so it's a real choice you got to make uh and it's pretty bleak uh, because if you don't he'll turn eventually into yeah. an infected uh so eventually when they uh catch up to robert not to go, I know I went way off there. <laughs> Eventually, when they catch up to Robert, uh, they uh, corner him. The, uh, there's a little chase scene, and they catch up to him. And he uh, says that uh, he had to sell the guns to the Fireflies. And uh, he says, But hey, you know, they're down to a skeleton crew. Most of them are dead now because the government caught up to them. You know, we can get him, we can go get him, and Tess is like, that's a really stupid idea, and then shoots him just twice in the head, right there. And, uh, you have to now figure out what to do, and where to go, and all that, and I'll let you take over this part, because I've talked way too much. <laughs> well, after she basically executes Robert, they decide that they need to go look for Fireflies to try to get their guns back, and lo and behold there's one overhearing this conversation so they turn and we see we meet Marlene so Marlene is another new character she is uh, played by Miss Merle Dandridge I know you have some notes on her oh where is it uh oh she's gorgeous <laughs> that's one <laughs> thing yeah I'm gonna say I did not notice that uh until I looked her up yeah wow um Here we go. Um, she's in a lot of things. I was. Uh, she plays the lead role in a new show called Greenleaf. Uh, he's, she's had a variety of leading television and theater roles. And apparently this girl can sing because she's been in everything from Rent to Jesus Christ Superstar on Broadway. So, nice. yeah, she's got a very, very impressive resume. And uh, she's got a nice voice. I mean, you can just tell by the way she holds her character and everything. Um She's also got this role of this character, Marlene. She is a, you know, in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, she is a tough female character. And she holds her own. And I mean, oh, yeah. she's gruff, and I like it. So we meet Marlene, and it's said that she is the leader of the, of the local uh, chapter of the Fireflies. 
And after overhearing them talk about they need their guns back, she says, yeah, I'll give you your guns back, but I need you to smuggle something out of the city for me. And they don't know what this is. Um, so Marlene's going to lead her, lead, lead them to a safe house. And this is where we meet Ellie. Now, Ellie is a 14-year-old girl played by the... Oh, man, she's so excellent. Um, Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Mm-hmm. If you She's guys so don't good. remember that name, the big thing I remember from is uh, she was Mel Gibson's daughter in What Women Want, isn't she? Isn't wasn't that her? Uh, I've never watched that. Movie. Oh man, I'm so old. Uh, She's in quite a few things, but yeah, she, uh, yeah, she played yeah his daughter in uh, What Women Want, and uh, she was amazing in this role uh i you're just gonna hear more and more about ellie as we go on uh i don't think they could have picked a better actress for her without a doubt Uh, the uh marlene by the way as she's leading us through here uh you will notice that she is shot uh looks like in her lower left abdomen and it doesn't look like a fatal wound, but it's definitely eh, causing a lot of pain to her. Oh, yeah. And this is, I think, I don't know, we don't know who shot her or why, under what circumstances or whatever. But we know that she was, whenever we learned that she was planning on smuggling Ellie out of the city. Uh, we don't know why yet, but we, we learned that was the plan. But now that she's injured, she can't. So now that's why she's hiring Tess and Joel to do the job for her and we realize that um, Tess and Joel they're not convinced that Marlene actually has the guns so what they do is Joel goes with uh, Ellie um, and they're going to go meet at a safe house while Tess goes with Marlene back to confirm that she actually does have their payment Um, and I really love now we don't get to see the Marlene and Tess side of things here we are taking control of Joel still and we're going with Ellie to the safe house. And this is where we kind of start learning a little bit about Ellie, the character development, um, as they're walking their way to the safe house. Now, we don't learn a whole lot. I think the main thing is they're just mainly just chit-chatting. He's like, you know, where are your parents? And she goes, oh, they've been gone a long time. Stuff like that. But it's whenever we get to the safe house. Most video games, whenever you're playing through them, there's a few cutscenes that you can miss and not miss the story. Not the case in this game. You need to watch all of them. Because they all have something huge. Or something touching. Or something that you don't want to miss, basically. So this one, as we're walking through, we'll see that uh, Joel keeps saying, Hey, keep up. Hey, keep up. Because because they're not comfortable with each other yet. She's keeping a physical distance behind him. But whenever we get to this cutscene, we'll see a little bit more of development. Because Joel just goes straight to sleep. Um... And we do get a little conversation beforehand. She's like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I'm sure you'll figure that out. And she gets all sassy. Your watch is broken. And that's whenever we realize it's the same watch from the prologue. Yeah, he's been wearing this watch the whole time. God knows how long it's been broken. Yeah, they haven't explored that at all. I really hope we get to see something like that in, in, in part two. Yeah, I do too. And it's, uh, it's such a scene because he just you know he just passes it off and he goes to sleep and I love 
what happens next is you, you see him asleep and he's kind of shuddering moving a little bit and he kind of just takes a sharp intake of breath and he wakes up and uh, Ellie's looking at him in the, from the window looking out out of the quarantine zone and she's like you were mum- you mumble in your sleep uh, she's, she's like I hate bad dreams and you know what he's dreaming about oh yeah and it just gets you because they uh, they just do an amazing job with these game, this game um and she talks about how she's never been that close to the edge of the quarantine zone she kind of opens up a little bit and you feel it strike a chord with Joel you can see it and the actor Troy Baker he does such a great job of showing that because he is not wanting to get close to her because this is you can see what it like resonates with him this you know he's thinking of Sarah the whole time and he doesn't want that because he's already hurt so much and uh, she's says, you know, they say it's bad out there, but it can't be, you know, that bad out there, can it? And he looks at, she looks at him, and he's like, "What the hell do they want with you anyway?" Because you know, he's actually concerned for her, even if he doesn't want to be, because this is still a fourteen-year-old girl, right? And he's still human. So, and then Tess breaks in. Yep, Tess comes back, confirms that Marlene's got the guns, and they decide that they're going to do it. They're going to take Ellie to the drop-off point where they're going to meet other Fireflies that are going to be receiving Ellie at the Capitol building in, I assume it's downtown Boston. And before they get very far, though, they run into some patrolling military members. Uh, They're ambushed, and uh, they are put on their knees, hands behind their head, and they are scanning the back of their neck for uh, the brain infection. That's how they check for you. They, they have this device that'll scan the back of your neck, I guess. I don't know how it works, but it, it'll tell you whether you're positive or negative for the cordyceps infection. So Tess and Joel they both get scanned, and nothing happens. He goes to scan Ellie. Before we actually get to hear the beep or the alarm or whatever it is that it does whenever you see positive, she turns around, stabs the guy, and then a little brawl ensues. Both of the guards get shot. And he's like, holy shit, I didn't realize we were going to kill him. I thought we were just going to hold him or something. And then Joel picks up the reader and sees that it says positive. And they're like, what the hell are we doing smuggling an infected girl? And this is where we learn the game changer. Mm-hmm. She's F- been bitten, yeah. but it was three weeks ago. Yeah, Ellie's like, I'm not infected. And he's like, so this is lying. And she pulls back her sleeve. You know, look at this. And... He's like, I don't care how you got infected. He's like, it's three weeks old. And Tess says, you know, you stop bullshitting. You know, everyone turns within 48 hours. And she's like, no, it's three weeks. You know, why would they set you up? And Joel doesn't buy it. And that's when the military comes and kind of ruins the moment. Uh, And uh, it's, uh, they have to escape. And that's actually it gets pretty difficult um especially for troy baker if you watch the video <laughs> you watch the definitive playthrough troy sucks at this point <laughs> he does so because they've got these lights and you've got to you the one of the things about this game that makes it so great is you have to be stealthy you can't just brawl it uh there's moments in the game where if you're not stealthy you're gonna die you won't make it through and this is one of those moments um where 
you have to dodge in and out of the lights. You can't just shoot everyone because you don't have enough ammo, and they will just spawn more guards if you do try and shoot more people. Uh, if they locate you, you're dead. Uh, so you have to stay out of the lights. You've got to stay in the shadows. You got to make sure they're not looking at you. And uh, it's it can be difficult. It can be very frustrating. Definitely, especially on grounded. Whenever they're so quick to recognize you, even if you just scrape the edge of the light, they're gonna be like, "Oh, there he is!" and they're gonna blow you up. You're gonna be dead before you know it. Yep. Very frustrating. So basically, we're running through the sewers. We flee underground while we're being chased. Once we eventually lose track of the guards, assuming that you do, because you're gonna have to eventually to, to get through the story. You're gonna have to get through these. And Ellie explains that. Well, basically, Tess actually asks her. She's like, what was the plan? Like, we get you to the Capitol building. We hand you off to the Fireflies. What happens after that? And Ellie's telling her that Marlene believes that what happened to her may be the key to finding a cure for the Cordyceps uh, infection. And that maybe they could, you know, make a vaccine and no one would ever get it again. If they could, dis- obviously, they would have distribution issues with the way the world is. Mm-hmm. But if they can get one, you know, that's the first step. And Joel ain't having none of the shit. He's, he hates this. He doesn't want to do it anymore. We've had but this Tess, story before, right? And, right. And Tess really thinks that, you know, she may not be sure, but she thinks, you know, it's too good of an opportunity to pass up, and she convinces him to finish dropping him off. And this is where we start making our way to the Capitol building. We're outside now, and this is where we start being able to pick up collectibles. There's a couple of Firefly pendants in this area. You can start getting uh, stuff for shivs and supplements to upgrade Joel, um, stuff like that. One thing I think was really awesome about the moment where Joel's like, you know, he doesn't believe it, and Tess like, what if it's true? And he's like, well, come on. He and he looks at her, and then Tess looks at Ellie, looks back at him, and she's like, I get it. And she knows why he's not wanting to do this. Right. And they leave it unsaid. But as the player, you're like, oh, dude. Because you know why he doesn't want to do it. And I can't really blame him. Right. Yeah, you can't either. She's like, you know, I get it. And he's like, and it just aggravates him even more. And he goes along with it anyway. Because he's so faithful to Tess. Yep. I don't know what this building is, but this is the first time that we really uh, get into combat with the infected is in this building because this is where we're introduced into clickers and runners. Oh, yeah. Which clickers are basically uh, humans that have got the infection and they've had it so long that they no longer have eyes. It's taken over their entire head and they basically click using a little sonar to see and hear. Yeah, and then runners are ones that have not had it quite as long. They can still see you and they can run at you. I used to be able to do the clicking noise. I can't anymore. But yeah, it's like, it is, it's a clicking. It sounds like someone rapidly clicking a little clicker button. Um, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, That means get the hell out of there. Yeah, it's creepy as hell. Because if they walk up to you, uh, they will kill you. And you can't just go up and uh, strangle them. Uh, you can shiv them, but shivs are hard to make, and they're precious commodities, and you don't want to use them unless you absolutely have to. So, oh yeah, especially really, in the beginning where you only get one use per 
Shiv. Yep, really good stuff. Uh, I love the uh, scene, the scenarios that you see as you're going through here to the Capitol building. Uh, toward the beginning of it where you see the big, huge, tall buildings, the skyscrapers, and they're just leaned over on each other. I mean, yeah. hell on earth has taken place. Uh, moss has overgrown all the water, which is now standing still. Dead water over like uh, roads and railways. Um, the subway system is so creepy. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, the um, when they're coming up to the Capitol building, I mean, you know, it's 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 beautiful how nature's taking over, but at the same time, it's very eerie, and everything's so still. Uh, so. You know, this is the Boston Capitol. This is the Capitol building around Boston. I mean, it wouldn't be this still, usually. So Right. And in the, the section where they're making their way through, like, the subway, dude, that section is so difficult. Yes, it is. You have to go so slow, because there's, there's clickers everywhere. There's a couple of runners, and I, some of them haven't woke up yet. Like, the one right next to the safe where you can get the 50 supplements. Yep. Dude. That one is the one that got me so many times because I can walk, I can stealth my way through to the left and get the code, and then you got to make your way all the way over to the other side of the room, um, or all the way on the other side of the subway terminal to get to the safe to unlock it. And you never see that one just standing right next to the safe until it's too late every time. I'm like, God damn it! And you got to restart every time. (laughs) And this scares the freaking crap out of you. It's a jump scare, yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a lot of that in the game. And, you know, it's a tense situation as it is. Uh, but, yeah, and, you know, you can listen for them, you can hear them. Um, and the uh, runners, God, they do such an amazing job with them because they really make them possessed. Because they mumble and they wind to themselves and they, they're convulsing, kind of standing up. And it's really crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, how amazing they do a job and honestly HBO you got your work cut out for you <laughs> so, oh they do I don't know I'm I'm so scared and so excited at the same time uh, so in terms of strategy in that section I wanted to talk about that for a second um, in the subway section so I feel like on easy and normal you would start in stealth pretty much everyone would and eventually it could get caught and you could shoot your way out using like guns and molotovs and stuff on grounded that's not an option you have to stealth your way all the way through or you will die if you get caught at all yeah so you you basically hit circle and you barely push forward on the left stick and it takes so long to get through but you have no other choice yeah and they do a good job because this isn't one of those games where if you're crouching you're not going to be no you have to be crouching and you have to be going at like 25 percent to not get oh, hurt. Yeah. Because if you crawl, they can still hear you. Yeah, if you crawl too fast, they're going to hear you. Yep. So, um, I love that detail. Yeah, I also love the fact that uh, runners, uh, they, uh, it, you know, clickers and runners. The flashlights don't matter to them, but if they if runners see you, they will come to you. But yeah. if they see flashlights, that doesn't bother them. They don't recognize that as a person. So uh, they, Lucky for us. yeah, they put a lot of thought into it. Now, people, on the other hand, that we will discuss later, if people see a flashlight, they'll recognize that. Oh yeah. Cordyceps virus does not. So, lots of thought in the game. 
so where are we at now? Uh, oh, we are basically getting to the Capitol building. Yeah. Um, so you're walking up to the Capitol building. Uh, you've had a lot of close encounters at this point. Um, there is even a point where uh, I think uh, Joel, Tess, and Ellie got separated, and uh, you had to fight your way back to them. Uh, oh shoot! I forgot about that. Let's talk about that for a second, actually. Yeah. Uh, so whenever you get back to that room, I don't—is it a library or is it like a museum or something? It was the very a, top floor. I believe it's a museum. And so, yeah, it is a museum. I think it is too. So in that section, on grounded, the only way to beat that really is to not stop moving, which is the exact opposite of the other sections that we were just talking about. So. You, there's bottles and bricks everywhere. So basically what you have to do is pick up a bottle or a brick and just sprint around the room until one of them starts coming at you. Then you throw the brick at them and you uh, stun them and then it takes two punches to kill them. And then you just start running again, pick up a bottle, and repeat. Rinse and repeat. That's the only way to freaking beat that section on ground. You can't do it any other way because they're going to spot you every time. You have to be spotted. That is insane. It's See, so hard. It sounds hard. Uh, but it's so fun. The... Uh... This uh, the section where the separate is important, and it, so much stuff happens when you're not around, uh, and when you're heading towards the Capitol building, there's a moment where you come out into a clearing, and you're out like in nature finally. And uh, Joel asks Ellie, you know, well, is it everything you wish for? And Ellie's like, jury's still out but you can't deny that view and she walks away and Joel's got his arms crossed and he looks down at his watch and it gets you and you feel yeah, it man. and then Tess comes up says hey stay focused you know, we got a job to do and he's like yes ma'am you know because she's not wanting him to think on that because they've got something important they've got to take care of yep yep so now onto the capitol building now we're now you're caught up well, actually, we missed something else. Oh, what did we miss? So, whenever they get separated, we talked about that, and then they meet up in the museum. Whenever they're still separated, whenever Joel first finds Tess, she's fighting off a uh, an infected that's right in front of her face. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. It doesn't look like it right then, but whenever we arrive at the Capitol building, we find out she was bitten on the side of the neck by that exact infected that she was battling whenever we see her yeah it's crazy what I love about this scene because th it opens up where they're uh, talking and they come into the capitol building and the fireflies that were supposed to be there to meet and take Ellie to the lab they're all slaughtered they're dead Yep. and Tess freaks out and Ellie's like well what now and Joel walks up and he says what are we doing here, Tess? You know, this is not us. And she's like, you know, maybe they had a map. And she asked him, you know, what do you know about us, about me? And he's like, I know you're smarter than this. And they have a fight. And Joel actually yells at her. And he says, this is over, Tess. You know, we tried. Now let's go home. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. You know, this is my last stop. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she says their luck had to run out sooner or later 
you know, don't touch me. And when he goes, Ellie's to grab the one that realizes it. Yep. And then Ellie says, "Holy shit, she's infected." And the look on her face, and his face as he pulls back from her, is just he so. Said, deep. He says, "Show it to me." Yep. And she's like, "I didn't mean for this." He's like, "Show it to me." And what's so awesome is she pulls her collar back to show the bite. And if you look, like if you replay the video, it was there the whole time. You just weren't paying attention. Yeah. And that's what's so awesome about this game. But, like, she pulls it back and he's like, oh, Christ. And she's like, oops, right. And then, you know, goes up to Ellie, pulls her sleeve back, says, this was three weeks. I was been an hour ago and it's already worse. This is fucking real. It's and, fucking real. Yeah. And so she begs him to take uh, the Ellie to Tommy's uh, because she knows about Tommy. She knows about Joel's past. She's like, you know, he used to run with the crew, the Fireflies. Uh, he'll know where to take her. And Joel's like, no, that was your crusade. I'm not doing that. And she's like, yeah, there is enough here. And she emotionally guilts him to do it. Mm-hmm. Gets in his face and says, there is enough here that you have to feel some kind of moral obligation to me so you get this girl to Tommy's. And then that's when the crap hits the fan. I'll let you do this. So, oh man, this one's so tough. <laughs> um, so in the middle of this confrontation, she's guilting him into taking Ellie. Uh, soldiers show up. And they start to try to flee and uh, Tesla's like, no, no, I'll, I'll stay here and I'll hold him off. You get the hell out of here. And Joel ain't for it at first, but he realizes they don't really have a choice. So Tess stays behind, and Ellie and Joel uh, run away behind cover. And eventually we make our way upstairs. And as we're getting upstairs, there's a gap in the banister. We actually, I mean, you don't have to, but you can watch them, the soldiers, slaughter her. Now, you can duck behind the banister that's not broken, and you don't have to see it. You cannot interfere with the soldiers. It's going to happen either way, and that part is so hard. Yep, you hear it take place, and you see her dead body in the ground. Yep. Uh, you hear the soldiers call it in. It's rough. Uh, and uh, Ellie, the whole time, she's like, what the hell? You know, we just left her to die, and he's like, you know, stop. And he, she's like, I can't believe we just did that. And he's like, just stop, because he's really upset. And obviously he's mad. He's probably mad at Ellie, but he's, even though he knows it's not her fault. Right. So it's just, it's rough. And uh, they, uh, you know, eventually you've got to escape. And it's one of those, you're running, and you got to go through some tunnels and stuff, and you get underground. And what's so crazy is that once you get underground, uh, you get into this area where there's a lot of spores everywhere. And uh, Joel has to put on his uh, mask. And Ellie pulls him down behind cover and says, okay, they're over there, blah, 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 blah. And then he looks at her. He does like a double take. And he's like, how the hell are you breathing in this shit? And she's like, I wasn't lying to you. You know, she's yeah. immune. And that just This is where Joel's one over. Yeah. That, that just proves it to you. That, yeah, this is... She's immune. And... Uh, the uh, 
they when they get out of you know when you get to pass all the guards and you can you can try and shoot them down or you can uh, just escape which the first time I did it I just escaped and it was difficult um, when you get out uh, Joel and Ellie have a little conversation he's like all right listen first things first he goes you don't tell anyone about your condition they'll either think you're crazy or they'll try and kill you or both and uh, what was the other one? Oh, second thing he goes you don't mention Tess ever yep <laughs> we'll just keep our histories to themselves to ourselves yep and he says if we're gonna do this you need to do what I say when I say it and he makes her repeat it back to him what you say goes <laughs> what you say goes and then she asks what the plan is so basically apparently the plan is they're gonna go to meet one of his buddies who is a hoot and they're gonna try to get a car from him <laughs> which would make the trip a whole lot easier but um the one part um that we need to talk about here well you may have another part that you want to talk about this is where we're introduced to a guy named Bill and I forget the guy that played him. What was his name? Um, oh, it's up here. Robin Atkin Downs. No, that was Robert. That's my bad. Do we not have the note here? We don't have it. Oh, okay, well, hold a second. Uh-oh. We screwed that up. But basically, he's... Apparently, he's a guy that's in um, every Naughty Dog game. And he dies in... Pretty much every single one of his characters get killed at one point. He was in all three... I know he was in all four... Of the main Uncharted, um, and I guess he apparently used to do a bunch of Jack and Dexter stuff too. I don't really know. I haven't really played a whole lot of those, but uh, so Bill is basically this guy who lives in. A t- he's the only guy left in this town, and whenever we arrive in the town, he's got a bunch of booby traps set up, and we have to basically dodge them and uh, make our way to his house. We never make our way to his house. What happens is we run into one of the bigger traps, and Joel is held upside down. And Ellie has to try to unhook a refrigerator that is the counterweight to the trap that they're in. Dude, but of course, they're being swarmed with infected at this point. I loved this part so much. Uh, they did such an amazing job with it. I mean, even like the kickback from the revolver had you like pushed you back on the like yeah. string rope or whatever. Oh, and the guy that did the voice in the motion capture is uh, W. L. Br- or W. Earl Brown. That's right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, I wanted to point out that this God, section... he looks just like him. <laughs> he does, too. He did face capture. He had to have. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. His hair and everything. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So, this section is the first time on my grounded playthrough that I fired my gun. Oh, really? Did not fire a shot. And, and you're forced to fire your gun here. So, technically, it's I don't really think this counts. But this is the first time that I used my gun on my grounded playthrough. Wow. I was really proud of that. <laughs> That's crazy. Let's see. Uh, oh, hey, check it out. Um, here's a little something for you. Uh, not too long after you uh, get... Of course, or do you want to go into further what we do? What they do as far as cutting them down from the fridge and stuff I mean we can skip ahead there's not a whole lot of important stuff there uh, I mean the only thing like you're saying it was really cool because at one point the fridge topples over and when it does you actually go higher because the rope gets shorter on your end 
Yeah. And you have to protect Ellie while she's cutting you down. And yeah, it, the whole thing was crazy. And then uh, Bill comes in, saves your ass, and tells you to get up. They have a note in here that uh, because right after he saves you, Bill handcuffs you to a, handcuffs Ellie to a pipe because he doesn't know who yeah. she is. And he makes you turn around so he can check you for bites because he's very neurotic. Um, making sure that no one's been bitten or hurt or anything like that and not infected. Now, you obviously at this point, you know that he's not going to like if he finds what's on Ellie. Uh, when Ellie got the pipe off and smacked him, <laughs> did you know that Ashley Johnson actually did hit him? <laughs> no, that's funny though. It was an accident. It really hurt him. <laughs> it says, uh, I, I was reading, this is that uh, Neil Druckmann laughed but complimented Brown saying he took it like a trooper. Um, <laughs> he kept carrying on the scene despite, despite being hit. And Ashley Johnson fell really bad. <laughs> 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 but, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, Troy Baker also uh, apparently uh, totally fangirled when he saw Brown because he's a big fan of his. So, oh, nice. But, um, yeah, the... Uh, he says, um, hey, are we done? Oh, Joel's like, are we done here? And Bill's like, are we done here? He goes, you come into my house, you set off on my traps, you damn near break my shooting arm, which that wasn't scripted. Because, <laughs> uh, and Ellie says, uh, you know, and he's like, who, he, he says, who are you? And Ellie and this is one of those moments because she's very strong, very vocal. She, she comes, I am none of your goddamn business. And stands up to this like mid 30, late, uh, early 40 year old big, you know, behemoth of a guy. He's got all these guns and everything all around him. <laughs> Stand there chewing him out with just a lead pipe in her hand. And like, we're here because you owe Joel some favors. Yeah. And he starts laughing. He's like, old Joel some favors. You know, this is a joke. And Joel tells him that he needs a car because they need to get across country. And that's why he's there. And Bill's like, oh, it is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's Joel eventually wins him over in the conversation. And they have a discussion on how to get a vehicle. And I'm sorry, I just got attacked by a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, to skip ahead, they go and they find a truck that uh, Bill knows where it is, but the battery's been stolen. And um, they go into the house where that is, and they realize that this is um, this is kind of where they secretly reveal that Bill was a uh, homosexual. I can't remember the guy's name. What was it? Do you remember his name? Frank. Frank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're skipping over a part, though. We, we skip over the first bloater encounter. Uh, well, that's not... Is that before this or after this? I thought that was after uh, it's before uh, because it before? remember they're in the gymnasium. They they find out that the battery's not there, and then they they're running down the hallway of the high school, and uh, they go into the gymnasium and they move the uh, bleacher oh, racks. Right. Yeah. yeah, they move the bleacher racks from the door, and they're like, okay, and here, boom, and Bill's like, well, that's not good, <laughs> and boom, and then this huge behemoth of a thing comes out, <laughs> and Ellie's reaction. And what's funny is I've watched some of the reaction videos. 
and pretty much everyone mirrors Ellie's reaction to this. Everyone's oh, like, yeah. what the fuck is that? <laughs> because he's huge. He's bigger than anything you've faced so far. It looks like the Hulk got stung by a bunch of bees and was very allergic. Oh, yes. And <laughs> it calls him a bloater. And the second that he says bloater, this thing comes flying through the air, which you have not had to face anything but, you know, bullets and infected. All of a sudden, you've got this thing flying through the air, and it explodes in this powder of cordyceps. And this uh, cloud of cordyceps that you're going through. And it's very difficult, and your health is going low. And I don't know how many times I died the first time I tried this. Oh, Be- I know. Because you, this game isn't like other games where, and to use your term, guys aren't bullet sponges. You get shot in the head, you die. That bloater... I shot him with a shotgun six times, point blank. He did not go down. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's because, and they explain it, they are heavily armored because of the cordyceps fungus has taken over their body. Yep. And uh, you have to really hammer at them, and Molotovs do the best, you know, catching them on fire. Uh, they do the best job with that. How, did he kill you, like, once before you... Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I my first playthrough was ungrounded, so I mean, I, I and I had obviously never seen this dude before, so yep. I'm just running around, pretty much doing what you're doing. I'm shotgunning the guy, shotgunning the guy, and I keep losing. So eventually, I started. Um, whenever we first come in, I drop a nail bomb right in front of the door because mm-hmm. I know he's coming through that now, and it, that would that takes out a big chunk of himself at the beginning, and then after that, you can shotgun him, and it'll eventually kill him that way. Yep. Uh question uh what did you think about the way that he kills you like when he uh, catches you do you recall what he does i don't off the top of my head no dude he takes his fingers and this is really disgusting and grotesque i'm sorry but he takes his hands and he grabs your jaws and pulls them apart Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and he basically just splits you in half with your face. And the sound and the visual and... (laughs) 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 It was just disgusting. Oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, you eventually... You uh, get out of there and you get to the house and you find... uh, Bill and Joel get in that heated argument. And, like, right in the middle of it, Bill stops and he looks off. And, you know, this is where you were at, Dalton. Yeah, you see, basically, this guy named Frank has committed suicide. He hung himself. And uh, he says that he's his partner, which could mean anything. But if you pick up a note, it's a collectible note that's uh, in a different room. You read, it's basically a suicide note from Frank. And it basically reveals that they were homosexual partners. And he just couldn't deal with it anymore pretty sad deal yeah and he says that he finally got the battery and guess what you're right it did end up killing me and uh but it's better than spending one more day with you yeah and i don't think the feeling was mutual there yeah and then you get to go up to uh bill and joel hands him the note and he goes well that's how you're feeling a little funky too and he tosses it aside <laughs> and you can actually pick it back up again um now i think um coming into the town we forgot to mention that you also pick up a new weapon uh you get the bow 
Oh, yes. I love the bow. The ultimate stealth weapon. Oh, man. And thank God for it, because it saved me so oh, many yeah. times. That thing, um, you really needed that in the game. Uh, because until that, you didn't really have any option as far as a ranged silent weapon. Because uh, it's not like you just have a bunch of silencers hanging out for your 9mm or anything just laying around. No, you don't have anything like that in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You know, unless you're playing online. So, one day's gone. Yeah, one day's gone. So, yeah, what you've got is, you know, you've got your rocks, you've got your bricks, you've got your bottles, and, uh, you know, your really loud gun sounds, which attract more infected and or humans. So when you find that bow, it's like, oh, thank you, God. And then it's like... Here's your bow, and here are three arrows. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you cannot craft arrows, which is the only gripe that I really have about the game. I do wish you could craft arrows. I can make a nail bomb, a molotov, a shank, a shiv. You know, I can yeah. make a nail board. <laughs> I can do all this stuff, but I can't make an arrow. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, whatever. Um, but basically, we, we managed to successfully get a running vehicle. We uh, After Bill tells us to get the fuck out of his town, we take off. And we get from Boston. Actually, we don't really know where Bill's town is. Like, it's apparently still pretty close to Boston because it didn't take a long to get there. But we drive to Pittsburgh. So that's our new major setting is now Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And they have that scene um, where they're driving through... And uh, Joel and Ellie, you know, they have a pretty funny cinematic scene there. We, I don't know if we have time for it or anything. Um, with because uh, Ellie kind of stole some stuff from Bill's house. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> in, including a dirty magazine, which, if you read the label, is labeled labeled Beefkin, and uh, it's <laughs> the commentary is really funny. You just have to watch it for yourself. <laughs> Um, it really surprised me when I first heard it, though, because I didn't, like, obviously I don't have children yet, and mm-hmm. a 14-year-old being able to make those kind of jokes caught me off guard, but I loved it at the same time. Oh, man. It, it was, and it was really funny. And uh, the thing she said, and it caught Joel off guard, too, and then they're listening to this music, and uh, she, he's, they have this, just like a father-daughter moment when she sits in the front seat turns the music up and he's like you know you should get some sleep and she's like I'm not even tired and it cuts scene to like this next moment just a few hours later she's just passed out and it's like dude yeah. that's, that's exactly how it is um they have a moment where they're coming up on the highway and there's all these cars on it uh that is this part right where they decide yep, this is it. yeah and Joel's and, like I don't know yeah he doesn't want to just screw it yeah, and so he takes the exit, and they're going through the town, and uh, then a guy comes out in the road, injured, and uh, he's like, "Help, please!" And Jill tells him, "Put, you know, put your seatbelt on, Ellie." She's like, "We're gonna help the guy." And he's like, "He ain't even hurt," and he just nails the gas, and the guy goes, "Oh." And you see that he's been faking it. He reaches out behind him, pulls out a pistol, shoots the car, the truck window, and uh, chaos ensues. That scene was so crazy. And the music just made it that much cooler. 
because oh, yeah. this old country song is playing off on the radio the whole time. And uh, they funnel you down into this little intersection where uh, they rig a bus and they've let it go and it hits your truck and it hits you into a store uh, and you have to get out of it. And then they cut to the scene where uh, the guys are pulling Ellie out of the truck and as they do, one guy gets Joel and hits his head on the steering wheel, pulls him out by the neck smashes his head into a vending machine glass or not a vending machine but you know like a machine you'd have in a gas station like where the cokes and stuff are mm-hmm. smashes his head through the glass and there's this huge shard sticking up and he goes to push his neck down on it and that's when you take control and that's one of the cool things about this game is the whole thing looks cinematic whether you're in control or not when that first happened and I saw it where it said hit the square button I was like oh crap you mean I'm supposed to be playing right now <laughs> 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 so I start tapping square as fast as you, I can. Joel basically fights him off and throws the guy's neck down on him and he bleeds in the ground and Ellie bites uh, one of the guys that has her. He smacks her and he's choking her now to death and you have to go save her. Which, here's my question to you. Can Ellie pass on her infection? Ooh. That's have you ever, a hell of a question. You ever thought about that? I actually haven't. Because, you know, and they address that a little bit later in the game. We'll talk about that later. But uh, at that point, had he run off, would he have gotten infected? Or is the virus that, you know, is inside her, is it non-transferable? I'd like to think that he would be infected. Because, I mean, the she registers as infected on their little devices... That's right. So, I mean, it has to be an active virus in there. So, I don't know if it's just her immune system is able to fight it off, and but she's still like a carrier or something like that? I, I, I don't really know. It's hard. It's weird. It's, it's interesting. So, yeah. Or she... maybe it's like she just doesn't have symptoms. Maybe it's like she, she has it, and she can spread it to others, but she doesn't have symptoms, maybe. Could be. But once she, uh... Once she fights them all off, and you guys... You get your... Uh, year back and you take down the other guys that come in there it, it's a pretty intense scene um, the one of the coolest parts of the game uh, is where you figure out what these guys are and Joel talks about them and tells you about them and it got me like hardcore got me because uh, you go in this uh, room and you pick up one of the, uh, you know, like they have the gates over stores and stuff in the mall, the metal gates and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you pull one of those up and then Ellie on the other side is holding it where you can go under it. And she's like, look, and you turn around and there's all these bodies dissected where they've been chopping people up for meat. And, uh, you know, and I don't know, of course, I don't know if it was meat at this point. They've been they've been killing people and taking their clothes for sure. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, he he calls them hunters, and uh, he's like, I, I knew I should have turned the damn truck around. And he, she's like, Well, we lived, and he's like, Barely. And <laughs> they just start grabbing things, and this is when you get the smoke bomb, I think. 
It is, yep. You pick it up on the left side. As long as you don't miss it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> the first time I missed it. Um, but yeah. Um, so, you, uh, you know, it's a pretty crazy situation. Um, and at this point, we can talk about the relationship that Ellie and Joel have kind of started to develop now. They trust each other a whole lot more, and Ellie's actually much more willing to do what he says without question at this point because she's you know holding up the the door for him and um she's they're boosting each other up stuff like that so yeah. they're slowly starting to trust each other yeah and then something happens and this is what you're alluding to no go for it um later on when they're kind of going through places she's like so uh, how'd you know about the ambush and he says i've been on both sides mm-hmm. and that's when you realize Joel's not a hero that's not his role he is an everyday guy that has been through some crazy ass shit and he's just trying to survive he's not an anti-hero he's not a hero he's just a dude in the post-apocalyptic wasteland doing his best and he's had to do some dark shit to get by oh yeah and uh He's like, I've been on both sides. And she's like, oh. And so I take it you kill a lot of innocent people then? And he just... <sighs> and she's like, I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> and she starts acting out at that point. Uh, not really listening to him. Uh, just kind of doing some things. And at one point, uh, they are going through this uh, town and they... Is this Pittsburgh yet? Are they in Pittsburgh yet? Yeah, this is Pittsburgh. Okay, because they go up, up to this uh, little quarantine zone, and it's basically deserted. And um, they come in, and there are all these people that have uh, been killed. And uh, she's like, uh, you know what? did your uh, hunter friends do this? And he's like, cute <laughs> because she's, you know, she's acting out like a teenager would. Right. And he's like, no, my bet's on the military and you see graffiti uh, all over the place. Like, you know, give us our rations or there'll be more to pay. And there's, you know, military people dead. And there's a big war that's happened where they've run out of rations. And so the people turn on the military, the military turned on the people and, you know, hoarding happened. And, Ellie thinks, you know, this kind of stuff didn't happen back in Boston. He's like, oh, trust me, it happened all the time. Oh, yeah. And Ellie's kind of innocence, as little as there is, is kind of being lost in this moment. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking to see, but at this point, after we successfully navigate our way through this section, we pick up the... This is where we pick up the rifle, right? Uh, Yes. And this is one of my favorite scenes. After we pick up the rifle and we make our way through it, this is where we start trusting Ellie with a gun. This is one of my favorite parts in the whole game. Whenever we're down on the ground, Ellie's up doing the role of the sniper. I think that's it's a really cool dynamic that they've got in this section. In the I think this is the suburbs section is what we've kind of transitioned into now here. So we're a little bit outside of Pittsburgh now. Oh, we got to talk about the part where Joel almost died. I uh, remember when he's getting. Uh, that guy's drowning him and she saves him 
Oh, shit. We skipped right over that. Yeah. Uh, before we go to that, uh, marker. <laughs> um, there's a scene where uh, Ellie is told to hang back while Joel checks something out. And when uh, when he does, he goes in there and this... I can't remember exactly how the tussle happens. Do you remember how it starts? Uh, we know Joel is trying to climb up the ladder and he comes up from behind. That's right. And uh, the guy, you know, kicks him down. He jumps down there. And uh, his gun gets knocked out of his hand. And the guy shoves his face into some water and then pushes the gun farther away while Joel's trying to reach for it. And it looks like you're going to drown. And uh, just as you're about to die, uh, Ellie's hand reaches down, grabs the gun, and then she shoots the guy. And it cuts to a cinematic scene where Joel kind of looks at her. And she's just like, holy shit, I shot the hell out of that guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you sure did. So after Ellie shoots the guy, uh, Joel, she's, she says, I feel sick. And she's like, he's like, why didn't you just hang out like I told you to? And she's like, well, you're glad I didn't, aren't you? And he's like, I'm just glad I didn't get my head shot off by some goddamn kid. And she flips off. She's like, no, you know, that was really difficult to do. And that was hard to do. And if I, you know, we're, thanks for saving my ass, Ellie. Where's that for me? And she goes off on him. Yeah. And, yeah. And then when they get to the rifle, because she, <laughs> she does all the teenage stuff. Like every time she, he tells her to do something, she's like, whatever you say, okay. You know, makes fun of his voice and stuff. <laughs> and it's really funny. And he even makes the comment, oh, I hate this stuff. Because you can tell that he dealt with, dealt with it as a parent. Oh yeah. Uh, Even though it's twenty years removed now. Oh yeah. And uh, and that is really and you got that coming, Dalton. Is <laughs> what <laughs> that is what happens. Um. The uh, yeah, when they find this, the rifle, they have that little conversation right before he jumps down. Uh. He's like, and just so you, and just so it's out there, you know, it was either him or me. And he jumps down, and she's like, "You're welcome," because that was his way of saying thank you. Yeah. And that he was gets that little smug grin. Yeah, and that was one of those growing moments. And girl's a sniper now. <laughs> yeah, she's a boss. Yeah. Although, if you're good enough, she doesn't have to take a single shot. No, I went through it um, all stealth. And then I was like, I want to know what would happen if I did this. And so I saved it and went back and just kind of blazed through it. Dude, yeah. chick took out like 75% of them for me. Oh, yeah, she will. She's a boss. Yep. Daily the sniper. And as we are exiting this section, we run into two new characters that will be with us for a little bit. We meet um, Sam and Henry. So we meet Henry... As we jump through a window as Joel, we immediately cut to a scene and he's trying to choke us out. And uh, Joel and him are struggling against each other. And Ellie comes in and starts to go take out um, Henry, but then they both notice Sam at the same time. They're like, oh, wait, hold up. Yeah. We're not enemies here. Yeah. And then uh, Ellie's, because Joel's beating the crap out of Henry. And Ellie's like, Joel, yeah. stop. Look. And Sam's got a gun pointed at uh, Joel. Yep. And Joel's like, easy, son. And Henry's like, hey, 
you know, they're not the bad guys, you know. And, uh, Henry explains that, uh, you know, I'm Henry. This is my little brother, Sam. Uh, you know, I, got, I think uh, your name was Joel. And, like, that's Ellie. And they uh, introduce and he explains that they knew that they weren't the bad guys because they've got a kid with them and they don't keep kids around. Oh, yeah. And then after, so after this, we get to the section titled Escape the City, where they're going to try to figure out a way to get the heck out. And basically, Henry leads us to his little safe house, where we rendezvous, and they spend the night. And then they start to uh, wait till the nighttime to make their move. This is a really difficult section on pretty much any difficulty. You start off, you and Henry double team two guards, and you choke them out at the same time. Then you have to sneak out to the left side um, of the building, and you have to avoid the spotlight at the same time. So my strategy on this one, and you can you can try to stealth your way around it, but it's really difficult, um, and you can't hear anything because the generator is running. So my strategy was to shut the generator off and then immediately sprint to the right side of the map and hide behind that car, and then they'll start slowly making their way down and looking around to see what shut it off. You can just take them out with the bow, or you can walk up behind them and choke them all out. That's how I approached it. There you go. And that is, once again, one of the cool things about this game. If you go around and shut a generator off, they're not going to be all like, oh, well, I guess we're out of power. No, they're going to say, what the crap, shut the generator off. And you can yep. see. Um, the AI in this game is just fantastic. Um, yeah, so let's see. At what point is it? Because I'm, I'm my memory's a little fuzzy at this part. So after we fight off all these guys, um, we make our way through the gate that they were guarding, and this is the point where they bring in this tank, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make their way over this fallen semi, and um, Henry, Sam, and Ellie make their way to the top of the trailer, but then whenever Joel goes to climb, the ladder breaks, and. Uh, Henry starts freaking out. He's like, sorry, we're leaving. And he's like, and Joel and Ellie are like, what the fuck, dude? So Henry and Sam take off. And Ellie comes back down. He's like, we're, we're together. We ain't splitting up. So then they go off by themselves. And we have to find our way um, through this town with this tank that's search, that's searching for us. And it was very difficult. And it's yes, very nerve-wracking. Because, I mean, the bullets are flying all over the place. Because they've got, like, what, and, what do you call it? The, isn't not... Oh, like a thirty caliber or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. And basically, in order to get away from it, we get trapped on a bridge, Ellie and Joel do. We have to run to the edge of this bridge, and we're basically stuck at the end, and we're about to be uh, taken upon. And Ellie's like, all right, we got to jump. And Joel's like, hell no, we're not jumping. And basically, she's a boss-ass bitch now. And she goes, okay, we're going to jump. And Joel knows that she can't swim, right? So he has to jump after her. Yep. Yeah, because not only is she, you know, a 14-year-old girl, she's also, like, the savior of humanity, so... <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, he jumps in after her, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets her, uh, and it's crazy, because in the water, you know, everything's going nuts. Uh, they come up on a big rock, and he grabs her, and he, turn- he turns around, so he'll take the blunt, blunt, uh, blunt force of the rock, which I think that is the first moment that he actually like sacrifices for her you know what I mean I agree yeah yeah cause I mean that was his parental instinct you know he 
took her and then he turned so that he would take the full force of the rock and save her and uh, then he wakes up unconscious on the shore of course he doesn't wake up unconscious (laughs) (laughs) he wakes he becomes conscious on the shore and uh, Ellie's like hey he's awake and Sam and Henry are there and he's like see I told you he'd be just fine and Joel comes up to Henry takes a gun out of his hand and holds him down and uh, Sam's yelling let him go and yeah obviously Joel's pretty pissed off at this point mm-hmm. and uh, Henry makes that bold move you know hey he's mad he's pissed but he ain't gonna do anything you know look I came back for you and doing that meant putting him at risk would you have done the same for me and you know it's you know a little bonding moment for him and I mean you have to see his side too I mean and Joel trusts him. I don't, I don't know if Joel trusts him, but he at least understands why he, his decisions that he made were made. Yeah. And at this point, we have to get into the sewers. This is one of the hardest sections in the game for me. I, I really despise this sewer section. You're talking about emotionally or are you talking about gameplay-wise? Gameplay-wise. Well, I mean, what results in the... Of, because of this is very emotionally. But... Um, this gameplay wise is really really difficult because no matter how much stealth you how slowly you're moving with the way that the water is on the ground and the way the echo is in the sewers they're gonna hear you every freaking time you can't stealth past them yeah and see that's one of the cool things about the game is is that there's shards of glass there are puddles and just like any shards of glass or puddles, if you step on them, they're going to crunch or they're going to splash and clickers will hear you and they will come running. And the moment they do, you're screwed. And uh, the it, it's, it's difficult. It is. It's very, 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 very difficult. Um, we do meet Ish here, though. Yeah. And who Ish is? Ishmael. I don't know if you'd picked up it, uh, enough of those to know who Ish is. Oh, yeah. Ish is, if, while you're playing through the game and you pick up uh, diary notes and things like that, you actually find, the first one you find is on a boat uh, that's on shore, saying that they've spent all their time away from civilization, out, out to sea, uh, trying to avoid the infection, what's going on, but eventually they ran out of food and they couldn't fish anymore. So uh, this person named Ish, who I'm gathering, and this is just my opinion I'm guessing that it came from Ishmael from uh, Moby Dick you know (laughs) call me call me Ishmael Uh, and so Ish uh, comes to shore goes into the sewers and you just find you know various entries as they were and uh, and I think it's really cool I mean this part really got to me because you get to see how people dealt with things like they had a little society they in, in there they had uh, ish at one point met a group of survivors and then ish made the decision hey because uh, they had a trade with them and they spoke to them they were actually good people they weren't trying to kill them to steal their goods he's like okay listen i'm going to go out there and i'm going to invite them back and just see what happens and so he invited them back they made a water filtration system there. They made a place to 
get stuff. They had games. They made a school for kids. Everything. And uh, the way you find the place is that when you walk in, you accidentally set off one of their alarms, and all these glass bottles fall to the floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's like, what is this? And Joel's like, someone lived here. And uh, it looks like, yeah, they had a good environment going on. And you get to this point where uh, this, uh, I don't know if it's a trap or something falls down. And you and Sam are on one side and Henry and Ellie are on the other. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, like Joel tries to move forward and it triggers a basically a wall and it almost crushes uh, Sam. But he ends up, he gets out of the way in time, and yeah, it separates them at this point. Yep. And so we're alone with Sam. Yep. And throughout this, Sam and Ellie are kind of bonding. And I mean, there's a few little scenes where they say stuff, and it's cute. Uh, you find out Sam's actually like, was he 12? Yeah, he's 12. Yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of trying to be all macho. And Ellie's like, I'm 14. And he's, he's like, yeah, me too. And Henry's like, oh, you're 14 now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I'm almost 14. <laughs> so, uh, but when you get separated, one of the most somber, dark parts of this game, I think for me, was when you go in and Kyle, who is one of the guards for the place, one of the main uh, men that watch over and protect everybody that you've read about in the notes. Mm-hmm. He's in a storeroom, and apparently one of the infected got in and infected everybody else, and he's stuck in a storeroom with all the kids. And do you remember this part? I do, yeah. God, that got me. Because you find this note, and there's a blanket, and and I didn't realize what it was at first. And you read this note, it says, you know, the kids are all in here with me. They're infected at the door. I don't know how long we're going to hold out. I don't know if anyone else is alive. And he goes, when it comes down to it, I'll make it quick. And you realize he shot all those kids. Yep, he had to. So they didn't get eaten alive. And you're just... For those of you listening, this is all stuff that we read from the collectibles. This is not part of the narrative. Yeah. So you have to pick up your collectibles. You have to read them because there's an entirely new story, like a separate story that really dives into what these people are going through that you have to you, you can't miss it. it it adds so much to the narrative yeah. and then the characters you know because they react to what you read like Joel oh, yeah. when he's done reading he's like Jesus and it's just it's hard it's heartbreaking the uh, when you finally um, meet back up with uh Henry and Ellie uh, is they're getting tra- chased by infected and you kind of I think you get a haul ass out of there oh yeah I can't exactly remember what exactly it is that happens yeah they're just they're getting chased by the infected and uh, Henry or not Henry Sam crawls through a little hole and unpa- unlocked un- uh, unblocks a door mm-hmm. and we exit that way and we have to wait for um we get trapped in a room, all four of us do, and we find out that there's a little gap above the door. So Ellie and Sam both crawl out um, above the door, 
while Henry and Joel are fending off the rest of these infected that are running their way. And luckily for us, we actually don't have to kill all of the infected that are coming. We just have to hold them off until Ellie and Sam get the door open. And once they get the door open, we can just make our way out. The first time I played this, I died once. And so when I found out where the infected were going to come in, I just put a bunch of nail bombs down. <laughs> yeah, I, I would actually... I would wait out by the door, and you can see them coming down the stairs, so I would throw a Molotov on the stairs as soon as I saw them coming, and it would it would make it so much easier. <laughs> there you go. It's awesome. And I love what happens when you finally get out of there. You're all panning and breathing, and Henry's like, fresh air! And, you're all <laughs> and then Sam's like, what? Well, what? The- look at this! And then you look up, and on the wall by the door in big <laughs> what does it say? Says, do not enter infected inside or something like that. <laughs> the family's like, oh gee, thanks for the warning on the other side, guys. <laughs> Although you got to remember, they did enter through the sewers, so I mean, why yeah. would they put an exit, you know, or like a warning on the outside of a sewer gate or something? Exactly. So now we're moving into the suburbs, and this is a really short section. Uh, basically, where you're just going through and doing a bunch of collectibles in this little section here. There's not a whole lot. Um, in terms of narrative, I don't think is there. Not entirely, not a big amount. Uh, the dogs where you're walking up on them was kind of cool. Um, yeah, because the ice cream the, truck. Yeah. And, oh yeah, the ice cream truck. I forgot about that. Ellie's like, no way. <laughs> and Joel <laughs> has to verify it for. Yeah, it, it, Sam's like, yeah, I heard these things uh, would go around and uh, give you ice cream or whatever. You, and I was like, what, Joel? And Joel's like, no, seriously, I'd walk around and play this creepy-ass music and kids would come running up on ice cream. She's like, you guys live in such a weird time. And I'm like, she's really right, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard one in-tune ice cream truck. So. Yeah, for sure. They all sound like Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. So. After we get through the section, we're basically we're just picking up... Uh, pendants and supplements and um, gears to upgrade Joel and at this point you've got a few different weapons I think you've got uh, the shorty shotgun uh, you got the pistol you got the bow and we're at this point we escape this little neighborhood and we get into an area where there's a sniper so the four of us are hiding behind a car down this what it's like a little gap between rows of houses so it's like an open area where there's a few boxes there's a couple of cars and there's a sniper trying to take us out and ellie and sam and henry stay behind and joel is going to try to make his way around to the sniper now this section took a while for me to figure it out but and i showed you this tom i can now make it through this section to the sniper without killing a single person in less than 90 seconds which is very impressive on grounded. Uh, yeah, because, dude, if you, that sniper, if you come out and he sees a, because he is at, they've got it like, I would say a cul-de-sac, really. It, it's more like a, it, it ends in a circle drive, a long street that ends in like a circle drive or something. But there's a house at the end of the street. It's like a three-story house. And the sniper is on the third floor. And he is firing, and he will just obliterate you if you come out in the open. And oh, yeah. not just, you know, wandering outside. Like, no, he will see you through uh, fence posts, he will see you in trees, and he will see you through windows of houses. 
so you have to be careful and they did an amazing job at this spot and he actually when he does see you he will call out to his uh, friends out there uh, that are coming to find you he'll say he's over there by so and so and you're like crap (laughs) and you've got to hide because they'll come over there Uh, and he taunts you and oh man it freaks you out I see you, or where are you, <laughs> or you can't hide from me. And he'll say stuff like that, and it's creepy. It really is. But wow. just to describe the way that I get through this, just real quick. I move down the left side, because there's a bunch of places to cover. Once you get about halfway down, he will call out his, he'll send his, he'll set his buddies out at you. Basically what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to have a bottle or a brick, and once they get near you, you're going to throw that bottle or the brick all the way into the center of the little map area. And bear in mind, I'm along the left side of the map, the edge. And as soon as you throw that brick, they're going to start walking over that way. And you're going to just jump over the little edge that you're on and sprint all the way down there. And once you're down down there, you have to throw a smoke bomb so that you can cross out into this little open section. Cross through the smoke, and now you're behind the house, and you just go in through the stairs, and you take out the sniper. It's really easy once you know what you're doing, once you practice it for a while. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I got first shown this, I was pissed off. Because I, <laughs> I always went down the right side, and it was so difficult. <laughs> so. I don't know why. I just, I just never... I was never drawn to the right side. I don't think even even before when I was just uh, playing through and, and testing it, I, I never went to the right. I don't know why. I was always drawn to the left side. Are we talking about our political views? I'm just joking. I hope not. That's <laughs> not what I was trying to get. <laughs> okay. Uh, after you take out the sniper, you get to take over, and you get to use the sniper for a little bit, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I love the um, what they did with the sniper nest, um, the beaded curtain. Yeah. That works as a sound, you know, alarm for him. Uh, there's this part where you have to walk through, and this is like the only one like it in the game. You have to walk through this beaded curtain area. And that's how he knows where you, that you're coming. Yeah, and he's waiting on you. Oh yeah, he's waiting on you, and he almost gets you. Scared the crap out of me the first time he got me. <laughs> and uh, so after you, go yeah. ahead. no, I was gonna say go this part. After you take him out, um, you get to take over the sniper, and uh, Joel and or not Joel, uh, Ellie and Sam and Henry start making their way towards you. Um, and then his goons start attacking them, so you have to snipe uh, all of his goons. And then after you do that, they think they're in the clear, and then all of a sudden, boom, here come a bunch of infected. And you can see what happens, and you can shoot the infected that does it. Mm-hmm. But he won't die. He won't die. Nope. You can't stop it. Yeah, uh, infected jumps on uh, jumps on Sam and Ellie, and uh, Henry helps fight them off. Um, and you have to shoot them all the infected off and once they're done and off of them uh, the tank uh, or I don't know what you would really call it is it a tank or is it just like a yeah it's it's a tank it's a full blown tank yep it comes through with it's uh, 50 caliber bullets or whatever and uh, starts blowing away and the you're Sam and Henry and Ellie are hiding as it's coming just down the street and eventually the uh, top of it opens up and someone's arm comes out and starts throwing Molotovs at them which you know that just makes it that much more fun for them 
and you really don't know what to do at this point. You're just kind of looking for something because you can't really hit them or anything. Uh, you can't shoot through the little visor of the tank, so you just kind of got to wait for an opening. And eventually, the guy's like upper body starts speaking out when you start to throw Molotovs out. And uh, when you're able to shoot him, the Molotov goes up in the air and then falls back down into the cabin of the tank and explodes and the tank you know goes out of control and crashes so situation resolved yep and then we get to we get to the radio tower which was the end game uh, plan for them and they decide to stay the night and we get this little dialogue between Ellie and Sam that is really interesting and really touching so basically uh, when Ellie comes in to talk to him, Sam's like, hey, did Henry send you to make sure I'm not fucking shit up? And she goes, no, why would he send me? That's stupid. And then Henry asked this question, which a lot of people have asked, and I'm going to post to you now, Tom. Whenever there's an infected person, do you think that person is still in there and they just can't control their body? Or do you think that person is gone? That I have thought about before in many concepts and here's why uh i'm epileptic for those of you that are listening and don't know so when i was 15 i had a very large seizure the last thing i remember is one night i went to bed in september i remember getting off the phone with my girlfriend i hung up my purple portable phone (laughs) uh put it on the stand rolled over in my metal bunk bed got my little cocoon with my blue blanket closed my eyes I went to sleep the next thing I know I wake up it's a month and a half later and I've got a tube down my throat now here's my question I don't remember any of that none of that is cognizant of that to me there is a video of me I don't recall being there so to me it's like it never happened so it really just steadies the question if a person isn't cognizant of their actions, are they really present of mind? I say that although that person is there, it's kind of like an I am legend, and I thought about this then. Um, you know an I am legend where they get one of the uh, vampires, uh, or whatever you would call them, uh, and they cure her? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they were to cure her all the way, would she be cognizant? Would she remember any of the actions that she had taken while she was infected? Or would that knowledge not have happened to her at all? Because she was just driven purely by the rage within her. Well, I think this is actually a little different because this fungus takes over the brain. I don't think there's any curing it once you get it. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that person at that point even if they aren't officially gone I don't think it's anything they would remember yeah I, I would agree I'm on the same page with you on this one but we come to find out and he, he, he talks more about it he said that's his biggest fear is becoming one of them and you know after he asked Ellie what she's afraid of she's like oh you know scorpions are creepy you know she's just being funny but we realize that Sam's acting kind of funny at this point um, and he's really scared of the you know, the infected and he's asking a lot of questions about him. And then Ellie leaves the room so she'll see him in the morning and we get this little shot. We see that he bends over, he lifts up his pant leg we see the bite. He got bit on his ankle 
in that little scuffle that we were talking about a minute ago. And your heart breaks. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, my God, dude. What the hell? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it just it cuts to the morning. And you know something's going to happen. And you don't know what happens yet. You're just holding your breath the whole time. Oh, yeah, you are. And uh, you see uh, Ellie wake up, and Henry is cooking food on a little hot plate while uh, Joel is, you know, standing out and he's looking out the window and uh, Ellie's like, damn, that smells good and she's like, where's Sam? and Henry's like, I let him sleep in for once and you're like, oh crap <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh and he's like, well if you want me to join us you can go wake his ass up, she's like, okay and you're like, no <laughs> no, 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 this is bad and uh she opens the door and he's just you see a silhouette kind of and he's just standing there with his back toward her and he's mumbling and he's twitching a little bit and she's like Sam and she screams his name and you see uh, Joel and Henry turn around like what the hell and they burst through the door and uh, Sam's full on infected and he's attacking Ellie and oh my gosh Dude, this part. This is a hard part. Yeah, it's a very hard part. Joel's like, shit, he's turning. He goes to his backpack to get his gun. And uh, Henry, you see him just kind of looking at what's going on. He's got a gun in his hand. And uh, the second Joel gets the gun and starts to, you know, turn on him, uh, Henry fires the gun at him. And Joel kind of sets back like, what the crap? And Henry's like, that's my fucking brother. And Ellie's still getting attacked the whole time. And Joe's like, screw it. And once again, this is one of those moments he makes a sacrifice where he could get shot and killed here, but he doesn't care. He's got to save her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes for the gun, and then you hear a gunshot. Sam falls over dead. And he's gurgling. You know, he's shaking still. And Ellie's like, shit, you know. And Joe's like, Ellie, are you okay? And she's like, uh-huh. And you hear Henry's voice and he's like you know Sam and oh my gosh dude the actors like behind this the the breaking of his voice uh, who I can't remember because he's been in other things I'm trying to remember his name I think it's Michael something oh what's his name Uh, let's see the actor for uh, Henry yeah It's, I actually don't know either. Let's see. Henry Brandon Scott. Just ah, okay. Yeah, let's see. Because he's been in other things. He's a... Yeah, he was in Grey's Anatomy. He's oh, in okay. De- Dead to Me. He was in Blair Witch. Uh, he's been in quite a few things. He is a really good actor, and he's got a good voice. And if you saw his face, you'd be like, oh, it's that guy. Uh, in Grey's Anatomy, he plays the guy. He has, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what his religious views are. Anyway, he's one of the newer doctors that come in. Not that I've watched that show. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, uh, the uh, he's just shot his brother. 
and he's breaking down. And he's like, yeah, you can hear him talk to himself. You know, he's like Sam, and he's like Sam, and he's like Henry. What have you done? And Joe's like Henry, because you know, I'm I'm gonna get that gun from you, okay? Because he's still got the gun in his hand. And Henry's like, you know, Sam, and he starts crying. He starts to point the gun at Joel, and he goes, "Oh, easy, Henry." He's like, "This is your fault." And he's like, "This is nobody's fault, Henry." He goes, "This is all your fault." And Joel's like, "Henry, no." And he's trying to calm him down. And then out of nowhere, Henry just takes the gun, puts it up to his temple, pulls the trigger, blows his brains out. Ugh. Dude. Ugh. That got me. Yeah, I think that gets everybody. This is probably top three most emotional parts of the entire game. Oh, yeah. It was... It was really, really well done. Because, I mean... I figured something was going to happen because I didn't see them making the entire journey with them. I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know if they would just split off from the group. I didn't see it being all happy and shiny and go lucky like it would be because this is not the same way the game is portrayed. I didn't... I don't know. When Sam got bit, I'm like, okay, so obviously he's going to go. But I didn't see this coming. And it was just... oh. You know, when he's when he's pointing the gun at him and he's so upset and his voice is crying and he's talking and oh god that scene yeah I got a little sister I can't even imagine something like that yeah I've got a little brother myself Ugh. man we're gonna go ahead and, and wrap it up here uh, that completes the entire summer uh, section in the game um and so next week we'll be tackling um, the fall uh, where we get to meet Tommy again Uh, really fun section Uh, guys we appreciate you guys listening and uh, next week we'll be tackling uh, the fall as I said and uh, Tom and I are going to keep plugging right along we got a few more episodes left here and uh, the countdown is on 29 days until the part 2 releases and I can't wait hell yeah did you pre-order it? I have not. I'm going to do that soon. I'm getting the steel book. How much is that? That one is uh, 79. Okay. What all comes with the steel book? It's just the steel book um, and the game, and then you get a little bit of bonus uh, digital content. See, uh, they've got the digital deluxe edition on the PlayStation Store for 69. And yeah, you get everything you get with the version that I'm getting is the same, except you get the steel book. So it's basically identical without the steel book. See, I think I'm going to do that. But at the same time, it would be nice to have a disc. I don't know. I we got an, I got a PS4, like one terabyte now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because we... Had, Did you get the Pro? No, I didn't spend the money for the Pro. I thought about it, but I didn't. Alright, this episode's long enough. We gotta get the heck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, guys. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Stay away from us.